Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. a free podcast but you're gonna buy the ticket to the edge of the seat and then you're gonna only need the edge because my foot's gonna be up your ass it really doesn't sell it if you're burping in the middle of <laughs> that wasn't a burp that was my throat condition oh what is your throat condition hi welcome to best friend simulator i'm dennis and i'm josh and i have What's your... i got yeah. i got that stroke throat I don't think stroke throat is a thing. Strope, strope throat. Strope throat? Yeah, baby. You got that strep throat? Strope throat. You got that thrush? That thrush? The bird? That thrush? I got no, a bird a, in my throat. It's oh. a throat thing that babies get. Yo, how upset would you be if like you, you felt real like froggy one day and your throat was all sore and you felt like you had something in it and then you just coughed up a bird? And then it it looked at you and said your name and then flew away. I think that question should be for you, because as we maybe have not or maybe have discussed, you are terrified of birds. I'm not terrified of birds. I've reached the point in my life where I'm uncomfortable with certain birds. Oh, you're so scared. You don't know me anymore, man. (laughs) I think I know you very well. I well, you think I'm scared of birds. I told you about that fucking emu that I saw. That, that's a different thing. A large flightless bird is on the list of the most terrifying birds I can imagine. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know. You don't encounter an emu in, like, typically, I, I'm assuming I know your day-to-day, and I don't think you encounter many emus on the street. Street birds are just free to attack. Dude, who knows what's out there in this world? Wait, I think we know what birds are out there. Yeah, emus. What if, now hear me out on this, some dude, right. some dude mm-hmm. gets himself an emu mm-hmm. on, the, on the black market, mm-hmm. an illegal emu, because he's trying to start a, a fighting ring. Okay. And he trains, emu fighting ring. Not necessarily emu, like an emu versus like a another animal, like an alligator or something. Okay. And... He trains that emu to fucking just just attack on command, right? Okay, I'm with you so far. Let's say this dude this convoluted thing. Let's say this dude is doing this right here in beautiful Tequila, right down by the river. And okay. let's say he gets that emu so wrought up one day that it fucking kills him, and then it's just running loose. And then me, good old Josh, riding to work a little bit before dawn, fucking emu, okay. boom, emu jumps out, attacks me, knocks me right off my fucking bike. That's terrifying, and that could potentially happen. So what you're saying is that absurd uh, thing that you just came up with could potentially happen, and that's why you're allowed to be scared of emus? I'm going to make a a distinction here. All right. You have two things. You have the impossible, and then you have have the improbable. I would say emu attack is in the improbable section, but not the impossible section. Sure, but I'm just asking you, I think we just, no, this doesn't make any sense, because we were talking about your fear of birds, you're trying to tell me I don't know anything, and then talk to me about how scary birds can be. Emus 
Other birds I'm okay with. Emos? Although if I woke up and there was a parrot just sitting on my chest, I would fucking die, dropped out of a heart attack right there. See, that I know. Parrots, because they got those dry tongues. What? That's why you're scared of parrots, because they have dry tongues? I mean, that's a part of it. It's a suite of awful characteristics that these colorful beings have. Don't you let cats lick you? Don't they have dry tongues? No. They're wet and like a little mm. little rough, little sandpapery. Oh, stop describing. You know, I'm sorry I asked you about a cat's tongue because I knew you'd be able to describe it. Yeah. You nasty. Dog, I live with four cats. I would know how to describe it even if I didn't let them lick me. So many cats. It's, look, okay. Door's closed so my cats can't hear this right now, but yeah, four cats is a little bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a little fucking animal kingdom going on over there. Speaking of cats. Okay, we, cats. We were we were looking at some cats over the weekend. Oh, that was very nice. Little kitty cats. Yeah, there's a fun one who was uh, jumped up on my shoulder. Ah, wait, wasn't a parrot, was it? I would talk, and then the cat would say exactly what I said. Fuck. Yo, parrot had a beak, right? Cat had a beak, right? <laughs> you fucked it up. You fucked up the bit. Fucked up. It was not a cat. It was a no. It was not a parrot. It was. I, oh, you fucked all, up too. We tried to start too quick. I yeah. felt the fire, and I said, "Josh, let's get on. Let's record this gold." And now we're just losing the thread. Um, no, so the cat was on Alexis's shoulder, and then it jumped to my shoulder, and I didn't know what was happening. And of course, I went ah, and I freaked out. And then the cat jumped away. This... That cat might have been a little too rammy for our house. But then we met another cat. Is this a cat or a kitten? Kitten. Oh, a little kitten. Yeah, we got a good name for a cat if we get one. So we're looking. So anyway, we found this cat and then we liked him, but he had a little eye thing going on. Oh, sorry, it was a lady. She had an eye thing going on, and so they had to wait until it cleared up for the cat to be. Lady cats are spayed. Is that correct? Or neutered? I think I want to say spayed. Okay, so it had to get that business done after the eye thing cleared up, and then it was going to be available for adoption. Okay. And this is so, this, this little kitten, too. Little little mm, kitty. Yeah, we're looking for a little kitty. Got a little hard belly. Got the little turtle tail. I didn't touch a hard belly. Got those or a big, old, big old eyes. Those weird things to say. Head looked a little bit like a wolf man. Mm hmm. Wait, what? <laughs> what? I like a kitten, dude. You like a kitten that looks like a wolf man? Some kittens look, have like little wolfman heads. BFS Maniacs, back me up on this. You might be right. I saw some cats. We've been seeing a lot of cats both on the internet. We uh, we were approved to adopt through PAWS, the Philadelphia Animal Welfare Society. Yeah. And um, so we've been looking at a lot of cats to adopt through the website and then going into the place. And uh, is it wrong that... Some cats I don't like the looks of, and I don't want anything to do with. Do you mean like? Do you mean like their their general demeanor or physically their looks? Physically, like I don't think they're cute enough for me. That's a little fucked up. Like there's a I, I've been into the tuxedo cats, right? Yeah. But then the ones that have like like the black uh, like a black patch like right on their nose, I think it looks funky. So they're right off the list. Damn. They, yeah. they, they can't be, they can't all be King Diamond, my tuxedo cat. I know. I do like King Diamond. Yeah. It gives you headbutts. King Diamond, if, if it makes you feel better, uh, King Diamond is one of my favorite cats. He's 
one of the best cats ever created, I would say. I do I do appreciate King Diamond, but if but if this new kitty that I had my eyes on, if this new kitty comes to the house, I think it's gonna be my new favorite cat. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. And you said you have a name. Do you wanna drop that now or do you wanna wait? I'm gonna wait. Okay. Because, because we thought the name was so good that it's gonna it's gonna belong to any cat we get. Okay, okay. So but, we'll build up the suspense then. But the other, but we, if that cat with the eye problem can't come to our house, there are these two cats that need to be adopted together. So then we're going to have that name plus another name to make it a good duo name. So it's a good single name and works with a duo. So I, I will present it next time. Can I guess right now? You can guess. Batman. And, and the other one would be the Joker. Oh, shit, dude. How did you guess? I'm fucking plugged in. Dude. How many times in high school did you do a write-in vote for Batman for class president? I don't know. How many times did you do a write-in for Bartman? I I am almost positive at least once I wrote in Bart Simpson. Nice. Classic. Back when The Simpsons was still pretty good. Yo, The Simpsons has been on for such a long time. That's so funny. And I swear to God, uh, I don't have this written on our notes. It's so funny that you brought this up because... We were talking about watching, Alexis and I were talking about watching Halloween stuff, and she said, you know what, I want to watch a couple Treehouse of Horror episodes. Classic. The Simpsons Halloween episodes, right? Classic. So I, of course, found it on the internet to download, don't tell anybody, and we were watching like the third or fourth one, and there's a part where, oh my god, I can't recall exactly what was going on. You see Bart's penis. <laughs> No, but Homer goes, he looks so queer. I was like, what? I swear, I swear. And I don't, I can't remember what was going on, but he said somebody looked queer. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Well, I mean, this would have been, if it was like the third season, right? It's like early 90s. Yeah. I don't know. I get, yeah. I mean, I guess like not the height of, of... Political political correctness or wokeness, but still, <laughs> pretty rough. Yeah. What are you going to do? It's an artifact of a... Well, I was going to say a bygone era. I was going to say, please don't say bygone era. Fuck me. It's not. Those, those were the days. Uh, what have you been up to? Oh, man. I've been, uh, you know, living, living my life here. We're still That's working great. on the house. I, I have mm-hmm. important... News, I have an update for you. Ooh, please tell. I'm in the office right now, and it no longer smells like someone has been smoking cigarettes that are composed of half tobacco, half dog hair. How did you do it? Jamie and I, this weekend, painted this room. I don't know if you could tell. It's a little brighter behind me. You probably and paint tell. just... No, I, um, I, I don't remember what it looked like last time. And so paint just covers up the smell of... of we specifically Smoke? got a primer uh, that is meant to do that to, to kind of really kill smells that are embedded in the wall and lock it in fascinating i knew a person whose parents smoked so much they would have to clean the walls every few months Ugh. that is disgusting yeah our friend jen who was on the podcast also who does an alternate world version of the podcast in a parallel still dimension. doing it in that parallel still doing dimension. it and tremendous i i 
hope we can get more episodes of Breast Friend Simulator. I got props this week for Breast Friend Simulator from someone who was behind a few episodes and just listened. Excellent. Thank you, Shana. Thank you, Shana. Anyway, the house that Jen currently resides in belonged to a woman who I think sat at a window and chain smoked for 40 years. So everything was like disgustingly yellow and you could see spots where like furniture was because it wasn't (laughs) that would not be as yellow. Like, yeah, I'm glad this situation wasn't like that. That is a gross thing. I don't get smoking. I don't I don't either. I guess because I've never done it. I can understand, you know, smoking drugs, but I don't get cigarettes. I mean, I I can understand being young and doing it because when you're young, you do dumb shit. Sure, sure. Yeah. And then being addicted to it and that continuing. But people who start smoking when they should know better. Anybody who starts smoking when they're past the legal age to start smoking, I would say. (laughs) Okay. But what if smoking really does calm your nerves like they say it does? Maybe that's something we should check out. Are you suggesting we take up smoking? I don't know. I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to know what relaxing felt like. Ooh, what if we? What if we go to a hookah bar next time we're together? Come over here. Get closer for a second. What's smack up? Smack yourself. Smack yourself in the face. Nah, that just how, seems fucking mad relaxing. Just how lounging, dare you say fucking, hookah bar? Just hookah duka ing. Is that what they call it? Idiot. Isn't a vape. Aren't these people that smoke these vapes, isn't that like a hookah just outside? Yeah, we went to this thing, uh, this thing. We went to this Halloween attraction. It was awful. I'm going to explain it in a minute. But this person was behind me and just blew all this vape smoke in my fucking face. Blowing that cotton, baby. Oh, my God. And it was like cherry cotton candy, some bullshit. I'm like, what are you, a fucking baby? I said, I said, what are you, a child? Is that like your mom's teat? What is that? What? You can't leave the house without your pacifier? Huh? You got to blow that stinky ass smoke in everybody's face so they know how cool you are? I said none of this out loud. I, I did murmur ask. a bunch of stuff under my breath. Not under my breath. What have I become? Why can't I turn around and say, hey, do you mind not blowing that in my face? Dude, that sucks. Why do I have to just make snide comments as if they're going to learn a lesson? I don't know if you could really say what have I become. Fair enough. Because I don't, I've known you for a long time. I don't think there's True. ever been a point when you would have said anything no. along no. those lines. It upsets me to confront people. It's, hey man, confrontation is a... a Scary thing for a lot of people. No, I mean, like, if, like adrenaline really upsets me. When I get an adrenaline rush, I get, I, I get really scared. It's happened in my life. It's very weird. Ah, so you have the the flight condition. Um, I don't know. No, I think it's like a biological thing. Like that cortisone, whatever uh, shoots through you. Oh, it, it it hits the wrong buttons. Cortisone. Uh, do you ever fly into the danger zone? Oh, I, yeah. When I'm in a in a plane of emotions and I fly into the danger zone, it's very upsetting. I'll eject, if you know what I mean. Does that mean mm-hmm. what I think it means? I don't. I I doubt it. You uh. <laughs> no. You know. 
No, I don't do that. You, uh, as they say, cream your jeans. No, no, I knew that's what you thought because it was too close to ejaculate and you're a child. Something scary happens and... <clears throat> no, if I ever, like, like, I got angry at a neighbor because they, like, put their beer bottle in front of my, in front of my stoop. And it wasn't even uh, the neighbor. It was like these jock neighbors, but it was like the this person that was hanging out with them. And I was like, excuse me, can you please pick that up? And then they did. And then I went in the house and was just like, oh, my God. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I think I have every right to tell that person to pick that up. Yeah. It was on my stoop. You do. Hmm. I, I don't have any answers for you, Dennis. I'm sorry. I Good. think I, I think maybe you should engage in some exposure therapy. And start getting really confrontational. Push yourself. I don't think you know what exposure therapy means. Uh, I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> I don't know if you do. Uh, I'm pretty sure. So I was the cotton was blown into my face at this uh, haunted attraction, which was what 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 the guy's rig looked like. Real quick before you get into that, it was a lady. Okay, what the and lady's rig looked like. I don't know. They all look like mini light-up flutes to me. Okay. Ugh, it's cotton. I hate everybody. Anyway, <laughs> this haunted attraction uh, was a uh, haunted train. Ooh. Haunted train. So we read about it last year, got very excited, uh, went with um, friends of the pod. Are we allowed to say that? Friends of the pod, Ryan and Justin and Alicia. Um, Ryan was on our Halloween episode. Justin does our art. Alicia... Is an avid listener, I'm sure. I hope so. Hi, Alicia. Hi. So we, um, yeah, so we went up to New Hope, Pennsylvania. Okay. We went to this. So, so anyway, last year we saw about saw that they were doing this haunted train. We said, "Oh my god, that's exciting! Let's buy tickets." They were sold out for the entire duration of the run. So we said, "Next year." So Ryan jumped on it, bought tickets. Tickets were fifty dollars for the whole group. <sighs> Anyway, um, we so it's a real live train, like an old. I guess they have the train there for like historical purposes. It hasn't run in, I guess it hasn't run in a long time. But so they set it up to run for this Halloween thing. So you you, you enter the train. They have a couple of people go in at at a time. You go through the station, which is set up like a mini like three room haunted house kind of thing, and then you get on the train. Then when you're on the train, somebody's walking around taking drink orders. So it goes from haunted house to pub, and then the attraction starts. No, and the attraction... No. What's the attraction? So the train goes okay. for like a, a mile or two, and then stops and comes back to the station. Now, do you, what do you, do you traverse the train from car to car? No, you sit still. And, and then, then what happens Do they play is, a, a spooky rendition of... Runaway Train by Soul Asylum. Yo, that would be a good one. Like, Runaway Train on harpsichord? That'd be scary yeah. as shit. Like, real gothy, like... Runaway Train. Never. Let's do it together. Coming back. Runaway on a one-way way track. You, you probably should know the words if you're going to do this. I know the words. Shut up. Fine. Anyway, so the train, so then they finished taking everybody's drink order. Anyway, and then um, 
the train go like the train starts and the conductor's like, all right, so I don't know. He's setting up this story that's fucking meaningless because all of a sudden the lights go off. The lights stay off for forty minutes. The okay. entire time they're pumping the train full of uh smoke. The, what am I trying just, to say? But they're just blowing cotton. <laughs> blowing cotton. No, no, like uh, you know, fog like machine. um. Fog machine. Oh, yeah. They blow the blow in the train full of fog machine, and uh, then people are coming through the aisles down the aisle and just like kind of like slowly approaching you and like putting their hand like right by your face and ooh, like making zombie noises. And then, like, somebody's, like, this This one person's, like, walking around, like, shackled. And she's, like, help me. Please let me go. Let me go. And then somebody goes to help her. And she goes, no! <laughs> so this is going on. So it's, like, okay. The, eventually the lights are going to turn on or dim. And they're going to, like, this. there's going to be a story or a murder mystery or something. No. That's all it is for 40 fucking minutes just a bunch of fucking mamelukes walking through the train yeah that's it and then eventually like other people run through the train and then the guy that the conductor is chasing them and then chases them all away that sounds like bullshit so now maybe there was a story but i could not hear the story because as soon as the lights turn off there is a group of I don't think it was a bachelorette party because I think they were middle-aged. So it was like a middle-aged group of ladies going out for wine. And ooh, this might be fun. So they might be, might have been a little intoxicated. And I heard this one woman talking about how she was definitely already freaking out before the attraction already started. So, okay. Let's say, so the lights turn off soon as soon as the lights turn off. This is for the next 40 minutes what you hear. Now you hear the zombie noises, people shuffle around, let me go, let me go, no, get away from me, and this. (laughs) For 40 fucking minutes. Was there a monkey in there? It was this woman just screaming at the, she screamed at the lights going off. It it was this wine mom? Wine mom, wine mom, (laughs) screaming for 40 goddamn minutes. If there was a story, we missed it. Now, mix that with this uh, colorful uh, family we had next to us who was... The 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 zombie guy comes up to the uh, to the dad of the family and he's like, brains! And then the dad's like, beer? And the zombie goes, <laughs> brains! And the dad goes, beer? And he just thought he was the funniest. And then his uh, middle Fucking school... Fucking got him, dude. Yeah, and Fuck then his like, middle school... <laughs> And then his middle school, middle school age daughter, who sounded like she'd been smoking for a few years, was just like, you say scary. So <laughs> I wanted to die. It was awful. That sounds, I'm sorry you spent 50 American dollars on this 50 bullshit. Now, do you think if you heard the story, it might have uh, been a more immersive experience for you? You know, I don't really think so. Like contextually? Not really. Like maybe still... maybe the story was like they the guy was up there and he specifically said that the zombie was like someone that you knew that died. Like that I personally knew? Yeah. No, I don't think that would have changed anything. 
But I have a little little tidbit that would have uh, I that would have driven you crazy. I thought about you no. as the conductor is coming. I think he came around with a broom and shooed them all away. And he goes, he says, "Back, back! In the name of Cthulhu, back, back!" <laughs> it's just like what? Okay. First of all, <laughs> mm-hmm. is he an evil conductor? No, was, he was, was like that his he, thing. He was supposed to be like the hero. Then how are you going to invoke the name uh-huh. of the great old one, Cthulhu? Yeah, I, I I understand. How? I'm no, I'm not. I'm saying I'm I'm mad at him. I'm not you. I think they heard this fucking low rent operation. <laughs> I think they heard Cthulhu had something to do with Halloween, and they just went with it. This fucking bullshit train, dude. Do you know how many people were on that train? There was like a hundred people. That sounds awful. Do you know how many rides they had going that day? Like 10. That thing is fucking raking in money. And it was awful. Did you leave them a bad review? No, I don't care. But on paper... (laughs) Come on, I don't yelp shit. I'm going to leave a yelp review now. On paper, it looked like a cool idea. An actual moving train. That could be great. It was like the train stopped, right? And you're like, yo, shit's going to happen outside the train. And then it just started going back the other way. Mm-hmm. Come that on. sounds like bullshit. <sighs> Such a letdown. What was that one we went to, like, many years ago? Like, a huge group of us went. Bates Motel. Bates Motel, yeah. That one was pretty good. Yeah, a couple they weeks ago. They had that, that, uh, that the black light room mm. where it was just, like, UV light. And they had people standing against the wall. With like black light patterns on, you couldn't discern, and they would just step out at you. Oh, that shit was freaky deaky. Also, they had the cemetery part where there was just some goth-looking lady just sitting mm-hmm. on a tombstone wearing a wedding dress, and we kind of wanted to hang out there a little bit because she was cute. <laughs> Were you at the one where there's the cemetery and the werewolf comes springing out of the cellar doors? I don't remember. There was a. I think we all we also went to the Bates Motel a couple years ago, and there was, it's like the cellar door next to the church, springs open and a and a werewolf guy like is obviously on some kind of like cannon. I don't know whatever shoots people out of things. And uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. But this year, what, what happened to the werewolf? He just runs at you. Did it's on the it? hayride. He gets a couple of the people. It's um oh grizzlies. Yeah, it's um. Collateral damage. What is he a real werewolf? Definitely. Now that is some scary shit right there. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we went to not the Bates Motel, but the I don't know Jason's Woods or there's a a bunch of copycat ones, and this one was um, we forgot we went last year, and it was uh, kind of not great. Um, mm-hmm. So we went this year again because we forgot, and instead of the haunted house. So it's like a lot a lot of these places have like three attractions. There's usually like a haunted house type thing, a hayride type thing, and then like a uh corn maze, walk through the woods kind of thing. And um this doesn't have a haunted house, it has a containment facility. Ooh. And you go in and there's a terrible actor who plays like the commander of the containment facility is like don't worry about anything uh this place is definitely uh, gonna be okay in a zombie outbreak uh but if anything does happen just make sure to follow the exit signs and then of course <laughs> there's a breach everything goes fucking crazy yeah yeah yeah. is it is it like a like a cabin in the woods type of scenario spoilers Dude, 
People got stabbed. Yo, seriously? This is one of those real life things. What? Yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a real containment facility? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And what, they just have dudes? It was just a prison? <laughs> and the dudes got out and shanked everybody? Yo, that would be quite an immersive experience. Indeed. It's a containment facility. You but stick yeah, but a they, couple motherfuckers? Yeah, yeah, but they put, like, they put zombie makeup on the prisoners and they just make them attack? That'd be weird. I mean, you would need to get people to sign some, uh, some, some waivers. Although, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if a waiver would hold up in a court of law. Sure, definitely. <laughs> uh, uh, Your Honor, uh... <laughs> I don't you think see, that's how contracts really work. You see, I had no idea that we were actually going to be in an actual prison and people were going to actually shank me. Oh, but you did sign the waiver. It says right here. <laughs> Sorry. Get what you pay for. I am fully responsible if I get shanked. Next year, I hope for a better Halloween experience. Man, I haven't done one of those in a, in a while. I should look into that. Maybe try to knock one out next weekend or something. You got time. Do they have those things out there? They do. Or is, it, There's one. or is it just like they have like a like an almond milk and like oat cookie? Like you just kind of get together around a fire and just eat cookies. No, eat they they have cookies. a a haunted uh, Here we mar- marijuana oh. grow operation Ooh. out here. And then uh, you get in there and you're hunted by uh, Freddie Vetter. <laughs> Dude, I like that. Or do they have like a like a uh, a haunted um, sweatshop, and then at the end they're like, "This is actually a real place. Don't buy Dude. from China." And it's like a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Shit's a little different out there. Yeah, you you go and uh, you talk to to Jeff Bezos, oh, and he shit. shows you how much money he has and what he can do with all that money, and how he's not going to do any of it. He's like, I could end homelessness in the United States and still make not even make a dent, but I'm not going to do it. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, man. Dude, ain't that America? Hmm? If you think about it. Plus, also, if I was Jeff Bezos, I'd buy islands. Ah, like Louis Gossett Jr. Yo, I want to go to his island. Remember we figured out that he bought an island in the Caribbean somewhere? And yeah. we thought maybe he would have monkey butlers? Yes. This that is a thing. A, that was a long time ago. Um, isn't Louis Gossett Jr. dead, though? N- what? How dare you? Hold on for a second. Let me find out. All right, so good news. Louis Gossett Jr. alive and well. Bad news. He was going to buy an island from the country of Jamaica in 2000, but the deal fell through. Was he trying to buy Jamaica? In its entirety? <laughs> no, he was he was trying to buy uh, old navy, not old navy, but an old ah, naval store. island um, off the coast of Jamaica that was once owned by swashbuckler Errol Flynn. Wow, but what does sw- what does swashbuckler mean? Uh, like a like a like an adventurer on the high seas. No, 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 no. I I understand that, but what what does the term refer to? Uh, you've got a buckle. That is uh, in the, the form of a swash, which it, is actually related to a, a, a throat condition uh, called strobe throat. It makes a re- really weird pattern on the inside of your throat. Okay, strobe throat isn't what, that's real. What, that's what the swash looks like. Strobe throat isn't real. And I asked you what this word meant, and you basically just 
explained two the two parts of the word. So if I asked you what like a knickerbocker was, you'd be like, it was a bocker for knickers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Duh. Say that again. Yeah. yeah. Duh. Anyway. It's simple. Swash bucklers. So um, I actually had a little bit of an update. Uh, we we discussed a couple episodes back for the Hunt for the Skinwalker documentary. And uh, Mr. Corbell and I corresponded a little bit back and forth afterwards. And he, he said if we had any questions, fire away and he would answer them for us. So he was gracious enough to answer a few questions that we had. Oh. And it, it's some lingering questions that we've had since we actually covered Skinwalker Ranch way back. So first off, we were wondering what happened to the Shermans after all of this stuff, because it seems like they kind of just disappeared uh, mm-hmm. once Bigelow sold the place. Uh, so Corbell says that the Shermans have moved back to the Unitop Basin and have zero desire to dredge up a past that frightens them and to them is very real, despite the skepticism of others. With that said, they made it clear they did not want to do an updated interview at this time, hopefully in the future. It would be cool to see an interview with them in particular. Did you ask if they if they had any other photos other than that like uh, twenty by twenty pixel <laughs> thumbnail of a news clipping? Yes. No, I did not okay. ask that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I also asked him why Terry Sherman stuck around after the sale of the Bigelow Ranch uh, because we were very curious as to why, if he and his family were terrorized, he lost all this, he lost all of these cattle and all and all of this stuff like business. Why he stayed on. So he said, why Terry Sherman stayed on for the time he did to help the NIDS investigators is because he wanted answers. He wanted to understand what the fuck was going on. Remember, he initially thought it must be the government running him off of his land for some psyops tactics or something. It was so bizarre, that's where his mind went. That was the question he was asking when AP News picked up the story and all the way back then. So, yeah, he was saying that Sherman stuck around because he wanted answers. Which I guess he figured, makes sense. yeah, he figured they, you know, he was selling it to some professionals. They'd probably be able to tell him what the hell was going on. Yeah, not really. So yeah, there's a couple of updates. Nice. Yeah. Nice of him to respond. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, did you ask him if he is now an avid listener, a loyal listener of the Best Friend Simulator podcast? I did not. Hmm. I hope he is. We'll see. Uh, he did extend an invitation to us, though, to come down in December and see his uh, the premiere of his documentary about Mr. Bob Lazar. Who, do you know anything about him? I don't. He is a gentleman who claims he, he worked in Area 51 mm. and had direct access to alien technology and all this stuff. If he invites us to Skinwalker Ranch, I'm in. I'm in as well. Hmm. Maybe one day. Someday. We'll see. Well, thank you for the update. Yeah, you got it. Now, Dennis. Uh-oh. You know what it's time for. Um, I don't. It is time to cover something that we have hinted at in the past and we've promised we would do. And in fact, the winner of our contest, Radio Zork, what's up? Mm. suggested this we're about to fire up the best friend simulator simulator (laughs) that's right i just wanted to be known best friend simulator we uh deliver on our promises 
We except do. for most of the episodes we've told you we were gonna do an episode about. But this one we delivered. Hey, we're getting there, man. People are still waiting for that uh what was it, the uh the debate, the great the debate, de- <laughs> the great debate, and the other debate about whether or not listener Jim listened, to, well, watched a lot of episodes of Criminal Minds. We'll get there. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> sorry, sorry to leave you hanging there, Jim. So, simulation hypothesis. Shoot, shoot it at me. Tell me what's now. Up I've said in the past simulation theory, and then my research has led me to realize I should actually be calling it the simulation hypothesis because. A theory is something that is testable, and this is not testable as far as we can tell right now. So, other people in the in our history proposed something similar to this, and in fact, it was kind of the plot of science fiction novels and stories going back to the 40s, I think. Uh, but in modern times, uh, there was a, a philosopher named Nick Bostrom, who is a Swedish guy, at the University of Oxford, he published a paper called Are You Living in a Computer Simulation? in Philosophical Quarterly in 2003. So the paper proposes that civilization may reach a stage of post-humanity where we've transcended the modern concept of humanity, i.e. the ability to reproduce consciousness using non-biological means, as an example, um, creating artificial intelligence, uh, perhaps uploading an intelligence into some non-biological form or some biologically engineered form or what have Mm. you. And then he goes on to say that when we reach this stage, we will have enough computing power to run an enormous amount of ancestor simulations, even while using only a tiny fraction of their resources for that purpose. You know, and in the paper, he gets into the concept of building a computer as large as a planet to run a simulation or something. And uh, our us being that advanced, that we can harness a situation like that. Are you following me so far? Which was the plot of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. Yes, indeed. So you with me so far on this? Uh, Sure. So uh, this is the plot of The Matrix, basically. No. Okay. And I'll, I'll tell you how it differs from The Matrix in a moment. Okay. Okay. So given what I've said so far, Bostrom argues that at least one of the following three statements is in store for the human race. Number one, the human species is very likely to go extinct before reaching that post-human stage with the ability to create simulated realities. Number two, any post-human civilization is extremely unlikely to run a significant number of simulations of their evolutionary history or variations thereof. And three, humanity will run a tremendous amount of ancestor simulations. And if that's the case we are almost certainly living in a computer simulation. Why do why do we need an ancestor simulation to live in a simulation? Because he is proposing that these descendants of ours down the line are going to run simulations of the past, basically. Run very detailed simulations of the past going back who knows how far. Maybe to, to chart the course of evolution to try to find answers to how things could have possibly happened. Okay. Right? So he's basically saying that if you believe that we will have the ability to run such simulations in the future, you also have to believe that we are living in a simulation. Oh, so we could be in an ancestor simulation. Exactly. We could be 
simulated beings in a simulated reality. But what if not, I don't have descendants? Well, no, it, it's not necessarily like somebody saying, oh, I'm going to go back and see what's up with my grandfather. I, I'm, I'm saying like our descendants as human beings. Oh, okay. Like generations down the line from now could be running a very advanced simulation of the year 2018 to observe what's going on and stuff. So basically Bostrom is arguing that either we're currently living in a computer simulation because our descendants will run an untold number of simulations of the past. Therefore, if they're running 10 million simulations in the future, right? Right. That means that we, there's a one in 10 million chance that we're actually in the original timeline that gave birth to the advanced oh. race that goes on to run all of these. And this is a, a, a an idea that is very popular with Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's gone on record saying he believes this is the case and Elon Musk as well. And, you know, again, to reiterate, if we're not living in a simulation, it's because either we die out before we gain the ability to do it or for some reason our descendants mutually agree to refrain from running such simulations entirely. Wait, wait, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Elon Musk believe we're living in a computer simulation? They believe that it's very likely we are. Jesus Christ. Okay, so what is the point of running these simulations? Because you can basically observe history. Oh, so what you're telling me Yes. Is that smart people, right. smarter than us, believe that future us's will mm-hmm. want to watch as uh, present us's do bullshit like record a podcast? I mean, I don't think they're necessarily zooming in on us, mm. but everything we do is interconnected to the world at large. You know, like the butterfly effect, chaos sure, theory, sure, sure. all that stuff, you know, huh? like... One little change can cause some sweeping change down the line, like a, a million times removed, right? So in order to appropriately model the year 2018, you need to have Josh and Dennis doing a podcast. You need to have fucking President Fucknuts mouthing off on Twitter constantly. You need to, you know, you need to have everything from start to finish. And if this society is advanced enough, they could be running a simulation that's that granular does that make sense a simulation where i feel myself like going to the bathroom and going to sleep and stuff like that right just so they can get super specific exactly well then why would i have conscious conscious conscience conscious why would i have a conscious why would i have a why would i have a conscience because that's how good this computer simulation is that's how good it is because this this all hinges on the caveat that consciousness is at its core computational in nature. So here's my argument. Okay. I don't think it's possible. And here's why. Because it's 2018 and my phone slows down when I try to play solitaire. So I don't think we're at a place yet where we can get so gran- granular in these computations that you can compute how real it is for me to take a PP. Right. But this is 2018. Look at our computing ability going back 50 years. True. You know, I mean, 40 years ago, Pong was the height of computer processing. Right? This is true. But the world's going to end before computers get any more power. And now we carry around 
computers that if they were built in 1975 would be the size of a of a small building true that this is true now we carry little supercomputers in our pockets right so you know that's moore's law i believe right that technology specifically uh computer memory will it like exponentially goes given i don't know what i'm saying Uh you follow me though right i hear you you with me maniacs so he's arguing that ten thousand years from now should humanity live on that their technology could potentially follow the the same trajectory it's been following right Mm mm-hmm and that their technology will be sufficiently powerful enough to run simulations like that. Hmm. I mean, yeah. we got, you know, we, we had Pong 40 years ago. And coming out this week, we have Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a massive, immersive world that you can go into. Which is extremely, way more sophisticated than Pong. So in another 50 years, who knows what we'll have? Another 100 years, another 1,000 years, 10,000 years. Hmm. You know, um, I don't buy it. Okay. <laughs> I don't necessarily either. No, I, I... It's it's definitely more a thought experience, and it's definitely more in the realm of philosophy than hard science. Right, right. But I will get into that next episode. I just wanted to give like a little bit of an introduction, let you guys mull on it a little mm. bit and think it over. Um, so next episode, I am going to get into some of the critiques that have been made of Bostrom's theory, or I'm sorry, of Bostrom's hypothesis. And I also want to get into some of the weird, fringy aspects, because that's the fun shit about this. Not not necessarily what Neil deGrasse Tyson thinks, or physicists who are running, you know, experiments on quantum particles. I'm talking dudes on YouTube. Oh, can we can we find out what Alex Jones thinks about this? Exactly. David Icke is going to be in there. So I want to get into the fun aspects of this as well. So what is the matrix theory? So the matrix is basically we are living in a simulated reality, but we are biological beings. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. I see the difference. You know? Yeah. So in that we're actually conscious human beings that exist in reality, but we are immersed in a a simulated reality. Like a... What was the the game that they played in Red Dwarf? Oh, great question. I have no idea. Oh, faster than... uh, Better than life, yeah. Better than life, yeah. So in that classic episode of... And and novel by uh, Grant Naylor. True, true. The fellas wake up and realize that all of the past that they had lived in was a game that they were playing. And they're actually living in this like kind of depressing real life... You know, Cat isn't actually a, a humanoid cat descendant. He's just a dude. Oh, man. Rimmer is not a hologram. Episode. Yeah, so it's... They they wake up and are like, oh, we're not... We haven't been living on a spaceship after all of the crew got wiped out, you know, for thousands of years and, and all this stuff. And then I think the twist at the end of that was that they were playing a game where they were living in a life where that was simulated. Oh, geez. so it was it was like a Metrioska doll kind of situation where they were a, a, a simulation inside of a simulation. Ah, Trixie. Nice red dwarf reference. I was thinking about that the whole time I was reading about this. Hmm. <laughs> God, we're nerds. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Anyway, I look forward to hearing more about this simulation hypothesis. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. This is definitely one of the ones I have thought about much over the years. So there you have it, Radio Zork. Thank you for the suggestion. Indeed. Since you proposed it, it's going to be a couple weeks before the next episode comes out. Uh, And if you hear this in time and you have anything you want to add, hit us up. We would love to hear from you as well. All right. And I I am really excited because next episode I get to talk about one of my favorite fucking things ever. Uh, A little something called Roko's Basilisk. I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into it. It's one of my favorite things and it definitely is deeply connected to the the simulation hypothesis. So, yeah, I'm stoked. Well, Josh, before we wrap up, I just want to say it's cold outside. There's no kind of atmosphere. We're all alone, more or less. Anyway, I think that's all the time we have for this call. You're the rimmer of of our crew. I I don't know what you mean by that. I think you do. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye.